Tommy Kern with the Florida Gators. Okay. Oh, okay. Just as, I was just checking to see if you were listening. From Destroyam, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement. Energy, you know, I mean, they say all this stuff and you know what they mean, but you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we have multiple pieces of breaking news. First and foremost, Tyler, you have a brand new computer. Yes, yes. That's the biggest piece of news of everything that we're going to discuss. I got a new computer. Uh, higher processing speed. Hopefully, we won't have to. And it's expertly done. So, I mean, no one would ever knew this. But hypothetically, if we would ever have to, like, stitch together episodes because somebody's computer overheated or... Uh, mm-hmm. messed up it's connected to the internet i think we would have done it beautifully in a way that no one could ever tell but um hypothetically we won't have to do that anymore <laughs> what's great what's crazy is that like um th- this camera quality is now so much better even though it's the same camera it's just the processing speed on your computer we were talking about but now it's yeah. like i can see tyler in 1080p uh it's like it's like um what what was the thing that they used in uh one of the what are the redacteds you worked on the the big wall What's the it volume? Called? The volume. The it volume? feels like I'm looking at the yeah. volume and how high tech it yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, look at this. Look at the definition. Um. <laughs> well, well, speaking of, of of Redacted, we can also, another piece of breaking news, uh, we can reveal the identity of Redacted 2 going all the way back a few years. Finally, we can reveal the identity of Redacted number 2, and that is because Tyler worked on The Mandalorian and season three is out now, or episode one, I should we should say, is out, is out now. now so. Today we are recording on Wednesday, March first, uh, in the evening, uh, Eastern time. But uh, yeah, congrats on working on uh, Mando season three. Episode one is out. You can go watch that on Disney Plus. No free plugs except for this one. Um, you can definitely go yeah, watch it on Disney a- Plus. <laughs> Life-changing experience. Made so many friends, so many memories. Uh, very awesome to work on it um as you know a star wars nerd growing up and all that kind of stuff but i hope you guys like it it's us episode one is out now i think it's gonna be a good season um you go. i'm having to like i watched the episode earlier and it's weird like you're watching things you'd be like oh yeah i remember that like um <laughs> you filmed it like, like we filmed that ago. on a tuesday <laughs> yeah I, I saw the shot that was that we shot on my first day um nice and i was like oh yeah that was my first day that was that was forever ago. <laughs> um, it's crazy how like it's crazy how the TV and music and uh, music TV and film industry is like you do something in like January and then eighteen months later it comes out and you go oh yeah that's right I remember doing uh, that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> crazy how that turn works. Around. Um, let's, enough about me. Let us dive into Tyler some college football news uh, today. Our main entree the the main topic of today's show is we are going to talk about the florida gators coaching staff shakeup um there have been three assistants that have departed 
Billy Napier's staff since our last episode about three weeks ago. We will talk about that. We will have an overarching conversation about the Florida Gators, about Billy Napier, about the coaching staff, whether it's a good thing, whether it's a bad thing, our feelings, all of that in between. But first, Tyler, we return with Quick Hits once again, making its, making its return back. And um, we have some news that broke this morning. Um, former Georgia star and 2023 NFL draft prospect Jalen Carter was charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with a crash that killed a teammate and a recruiting staff member earlier this year. Now, some people may remember that. Some people may not be aware that that happened. Um, but if you if you do remember uh, earlier this year, Devin Will, Will, Willock, I should say. I'm so, so sorry. I didn't want to mess up his name. Devin Willock was an offensive lineman for the Bulldogs. Um, and Chandler LaCroix, uh, who was the recruiting assistant, they both died on January 15th in a crash in the state of Georgia. Um, an arrest warrant obtained by the Associated Press earlier this morning, Wednesday, March 1st, alleges that Carter, uh, Jalen Carter, was racing his 2021 Jeep Trackhawk against um, a 2021 Ford Exposition that was driven by that 24-year-old recruiting staffer, Chandler LaCroix. That led to the crash, and that led to the death of both Devin Wilcock and LaCroix were killed in that single vehicle accident. So it seems like um, the Associated Press and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are both reporting that Carter was present at the scene of that crash and later provided shifting accounts of the wreck to police. Um, before we started recording, Tyler, we both noticed that um, today, Wednesday, March 1st, was the day that Jalen Carter was supposed to, and he did, take the podium at the NFL Combine. The Combine officially begins tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, March 2nd. So today, if you're listening to this, Thursday, March 2nd um, through, I believe, the 4th, which is Saturday. So, Tyler, um, thoughts, I guess? I want to be very delicate with how we talk about this because it's, I, you know, stemming from the I, death of two people, and I don't really feel too comfortable in, in that sense. So what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? It's hard because, like, I don't even really know what to say. It's a tragic mm-hmm. situation. I had no idea Jalen Carter was uh, in connection to this. It is interesting is all i'll say that it is coming out today the day that jalen carter takes the podium um Mm -hmm. wednesday march 1st breaking this morning about uh that jalen carter was even in connection with this um it's a tragic situation uh i would i don't feel like having too much of a take one way or the other because i I still don't even feel happy after having read the articles like that i even have enough information But it's very interesting, and I did see somebody bring up an interesting topic that I think you can bring up in regards to this, which is that there's a belief by some, and I I actually subscribe to this belief, college coaches are a little too guarded about their players' media availability. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's a a thing, especially under like Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, um, all these like big-time coaches. They don't want their their kids in front of the podium. Like, they've... um, they have rules about freshmen not being getting to talk, and and I'm not going to sit here and act like it's a crime or anything like that. But it is an interesting point where, um, so I brought up that this kind of shows how the lack of that media availability is going to affect certain players who don't who don't have any experience with it, and yeah. um, you you don't have the university to protect you anymore. Yeah. Um, 
I don't really think that is the takeaway here, but I don't really, I don't, it's just, it's, it's a developing situation. It's a tragic mm-hmm. situation. It's interesting that this news came out today, whichever way you want to take that. Um, but uh, it's something to monitor and it's uh, a reminder that we should always look at. Uh, it's very easy for uh, people as we watch the sport and we are all in danger of doing it at times to forget that these are people mm-hmm. and have lives outside of it and that they're, the way they do affects others and they, they are humans that are affected themselves and things like that. Um, not trying to put blame or fault in any particular situation here or there, but it's always a reporter or a reminder to it's important to remind yourself that these aren't video game characters, even though exactly. they end up being video game characters and most people probably interact with them as video game characters or just things on screens. But um, these are people. Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I, I think I agree with you. I don't really want to go too far in depth. I will say that there was some conversation. Um, I was watching SportsCenter today, and I forget who the analyst journalist was, but there were questions on if the NFL could take, because this is coming from someone who has entered the draft and is no longer at Georgia and is you know not, no longer part of the team. Um, th- there is question to see if, like, does the commissioner, Roger Goodell, like take disciplinary action against Jalen Carter what does his draft stock look like now? It's important to note that those charges that he got, that he was charged with are misdemeanors. So it's not like there's this overarching legal um, issue. Uh, I don't believe that he's even up for jail time for these charges. I think it would be a fine or something of the sort. I'm not entirely certain. I am not the lawyer in my relationship. I'd have to ask <laughs> my girlfriend. But um, I-, I do think that, you know, it's a lot of those questions are going to be asked and, yeah, you know, it's a tragic situation, and I just hope that uh, the people involved are able to move on and deal with it properly. To your point about the college coaches not really liking their players to kind of be in front of the media, I think that's that's something that I think we can – I think that was important to mention, and I, and I like that you brought that up because, you know, college isn't just about – I have this belief, me personally, this is a Sergio personal belief. I have this belief that college isn't just about the academics, right? It is very important. Like the academics yes, are absolutely – it, it more than half of what you're important about, like 60, 70, 80% of why you're there. But there is this social aspect. There is this self-discovery aspect, this growing and learning things. Um, you know, most freshmen, it's the first time they live by themselves. It's the first time they're doing laundry. It's first time they're discovery cooking. discovery part of your, yeah. of your life. It's, it's this transitionary period from being a child into being an adult. And those years are very important, and we often forget – that college football players or college athletes are just as young and just as child, you know, are children as much as any other recent high school grad going to college. And they also need to learn those things. So my belief, and it's not just because, you know, I hold my master's in sports journalism and, you know, we do this podcast and we want transparency and all that stuff. But I think it's important for at the very least, maybe not your freshman, but starting your sophomore year, to get in front of the media, especially if they're these talents that are going to have a career. Like I think it's at the disservice of the programs um, to, to not have these kids be in front of the media, to not get that training, to not get those reps when they're in college so that they can, you know, be in a good position to properly address the media and and have those discussions when they are professional, especially at that highest level, which we know that talent wise, Jalen Carter is a first round draft pick. You know what I mean? So um, that's just my two cents on that um, from what you brought up. And I like that you brought that up, but 
I agree with you. I don't really want to go into it too far in depth and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, all right, let's move forward, Tyler. A couple more quick hits. Four ex-Tennessee staffers have been given show cause penalties stemming from the Jeremy Pruitt era. Um, famously, we had the Tennessee was in a recruiting scandal because <laughs> they were giving out McDonald's bags full of money and stuff like that. Um, but uh, four staffers whose identity was not named um, in the announcement, but uh, ESPN sources confirmed that they are inside linebackers coach Brian Niedermeyer, outside linebackers coach Shelton Fenton, um, Felton, director of player personnel Drew Hughes, and student assistant Michael Magness. Those um, penalties range from three to five years. And for those four gentlemen, when you have a show cause and you're out of a job, you're not going to get hired for a new job. If you have a show cause and you're already in your job, okay, fine. It's kind of like a brush brush. You serve whatever the, you can't have contact with recruits for X amount of time, whatever it is, but these guys just can't get hired. So I do think that it's, you know, a story in that sense, but um, for Tennessee fans listening, um, number one, we are trying to be very fair about this. And number two, this is not going to have an effect on your current team and the season last year. So, this is just I put this in here so that you know we can make that like do not worry announcement generally. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so that's why sloppy. I wanted to bring it up. Sloppy. Sloppy, 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 sloppy. McDonald's bags? No. This McDonald's is, bags. It, come on, do better. Give me a Bojangles. Bojangles. Yeah, come on, give me something. Some Popeyes um, if you really know what you're about. Uh-huh. If you really know. If you know, you know. Um Next up on Quick Hits, Tyler, last week uh, we were gone, but that was kind of the big college football story last week. The NCAA panel is eyeing shorter football games, and they are citing player safety. That is according to a report by Heather Dinich on ESPN. They're looking to look at some rule changes. Um, The rule changes that are under consideration include, Tyler, running the clock after a first down is awarded. So... NFL As of right rules. now, NFL rule, but that's just transitioning to an NFL rule. As of now, when you get a first down in college football, the, regardless if it's a run or a pass, the clock stops until the chains are set. Um, so they're in the NFL, they do not stop at all after a first down. So that is one um, one rule, uh, except in the last two minutes of either half, which would be a change, but understandable. That's That makes sense. Eliminating the option for teams to call consecutive team timeouts. So like, if you have three timeouts at the end of a half, right, and you want to ice the kicker all three times, you can't just, like, take all three timeouts at once, right? That is that is also an NFL rule. You cannot take more than one timeout at a time. Consecutively. Um, like exactly. And you can't take one coming out of a two-minute warning either. That's a fun fact. Uh, carrying over any fouls to the next period instead of finishing with an untimed down. Um, that's really not that big of a deal just because it's like doesn't happen often. So basically getting rid like, of the untimed down. Yeah. Yeah. So like Which in the NFL, I, I can't imagine too many people care about. I know that one's, that one's not a big deal. That one's, that one's not something that um, is a, is a big deal. So those are some of the rules that were um, in consideration in order to, you know, shorten the average length of games. Uh, Steve Shaw, the NCAA football secretaries, secretary rules, editor and officials coordinator, Jesus Christ, what a title uh, told the ESPN <laughs> Uh, that the combined changes are estimated to shorten average length of games by seven to eight minutes and eight plays. According to Shaw, college football games have averaged 180 plays per game over the last three regular seasons and typically last three hours and 21 minutes. That is a long time. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you, like Tyler and I, have been at an SEC game of the week, 
in person, those games take five hours. They are incredibly long. So doing anything to kind of speed up the play of the game, especially given with the MLB right now is in in the news because of their their new pitch clock and batter getting ready clock that's expected to shorten games. It seems like we're kind of moving into that. The NCAA, for college football at least, is moving into that space of trying to shorten the games. What do you think of that? Um, and what do you think of those rules? I think it's a good. Eff- I think it's good effort considering um, expansion is about to happen mm-hmm. um, in regards to college football playoff expansion, which means that teams will be playing more games in a season. Um, there's a possibility in the current setup that a team could play 17 games. Mm-hmm. Um, you're asking college students to play a professional schedule. Right. Um, so in that case, I'm like, I th- I think it's this thing. It doesn't specifically the first down thing. As long as you keep the whole like end of the second quarter, end of the fourth quarter, those two minutes, um, I think that that then it's good because mm-hmm. it's it's a thing where I I really think that for the most part you really don't need that rule. You don't need the the clock doesn't start again until we set the chains. Like mm-hmm. it's just a couple extra seconds. Typically, it doesn't matter that much. It will it will make the broadcast go by quicker. It, it, the NFL has kind of figured this out. Like they, their schedule is so tight, um, and like their games only go for like a certain amount of time. And to, sometimes I, I rag on the NFL for making decisions purely in the interest of the TV aspects and not of the game. But this is a thing where, like, if you're trying, to, if it's about player safety, I do think that that's part of it. Um, yeah, that I mean, it would make it more reliable for. Uh, TV schedules. Let's not act like that's not true. Um, but I do think there's an aspect of player safety here. Like you don't need to be playing those extra eight plays might not seem like a lot in the game. Eight less plays you could get injured on mm-hmm. every game. Um, and for most games, I don't think that'll matter as long as you keep that last two minutes of the half aspect. Yeah, that's that, where I was going. Which actually. allows for the the comeback aspect of the sport, which is way more prevalent in college football than in the NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there needs to be a difference between NFL and college in terms of presentation of the product because they are different games. They are different environments. Yeah. They are different sports. Um, and so I think it's, it's important. So for me, I think the best compromise is to, like you said, keep it, excuse me, keep it in the last two minutes, but with the rest of the game, yeah, just kind of get it going. It does kind of get annoying as well when you're, you know, when you're, when there's a team up, like, like, for example, like, when Florida plays like a Eastern Tennessee state, you know what I mean? And in the third quarter, we're up 42 to seven, 42 to 14. And after every 12 yard run, the clock stops instead of just keep it going. You know what I mean? There's certain things where it's like, come on, it let's just kind of get through these. Things. Adds it adds up. Um, exactly. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think that's, it's, it's a great and, proposal in my opinion. Yeah. Did you see that? The, I don't know if you discussed this, but there was another rule change that was proposed that has garnered mostly overwhelming uh, distaste for. Yes, I, agree. I, I have. Uh, Tyler, why don't you tell us about that one? Because that yes, was the next so point. The, uh, the potential rule change is that uh, restarting the game clock after an incomplete pass when the ball is ready for play. So basically, you can throw an incomplete pass as soon as the ref um, takes it, sets it back down, uh, clock starts again. Which, by the way, would basically eliminate the spike because the whole reason spikes right? work is because you throw is basically you throw an incomplete pass. Mm-hmm. Th- that I think this I think is stupid. This is a well, stupid because that that, that, that goes away changes. from football. 
Right. Yeah. That fundamentally that's a, changed. That's a that's a game of football thing. That is not a college football gym from the NFL. Like that is across the across the board in football. That is a rule. If it's an incomplete pass, the clock stops. And I think that's smart. And I I think that this is I I'm glad that people who don't like this rule because I think it's stupid. Um, right. The, the, the first three like, right the first three rules i'm on board for i would sign up for it tomorrow the incomplete pass rule that they that what you just mentioned would i would not want that like like i would be i would be very upset if that was to happen because it would change the sport uh fundamentally and i mean i just said or i just said a minute ago that college football and the nfl are different products and that's true but what keeps the thread is that it's it, it is the same football. Game. It's still football, right? And I feel like we're we're getting to a point where um that's that's some kind of stuff that you see in, in hockey. That's something you see in like basketball where like, oh, they miss a shot or you know, something like that. That would so work if the game if the game was more free flowing. But, but it's, it's not the game, football is not. Yeah, exactly. It's very stop and start. And, and there's beauty in that, and I think we would eliminate a lot of that beauty. Um, if we were to get rid of that incomplete pass rule. Also, additionally, I feel like it would go against the previous like rules because if the whole thing is you want to make the game go quicker, less plays, more player safety, um, so you get rid of the whole st- clock stops at the first down. Well, if now anytime you throw an incomplete pass, the clock keeps running, teams are going to run plays faster again. So you're canceling mm-hmm. out the good thing you just did. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. And so I don't or, know. Or or they're gonna they're just gonna run the ball all the time because there's no there's no there's no advantage you know, to throw. There's no advantage there at that point in terms of game management. There's no advantage, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously in yards and play or whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it would make it would make not giving up leads easier because even if you throw an incomplete pass, clock still ru- uh, runs. Yeah. So, I think honestly, I tell if, you what, I tell you what, Kyle Shanahan wants this rule there. <laughs> exactly. Kyle Shanahan wants this rule in the absolutely, NFL. absolutely. He I would think never give up a lead again. Nope, oh. nope. He said twenty-eight to three. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm with you, man. I honestly, everything is cyclical. If that if this rule was to take place, we would go back to three yards in a cloud of dust. And I don't I think don't, that you know, I don't think fine. that football wants to go that. I, per, well, I, I don't think that's fine. Personally. I don't really want to do that. But I mean, the game is cyclical. We are in a like what well, we talked about this in the draft. Wide receiver is such a priority now in the draft, way more than it used to be like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, we're, getting a good receiver is always important. But nowadays, it's like you have to have two to three reliable receivers. Or else, and, like, and, why, you're, why, and you're running. Why back? are you even lining up? Why are you even lining and, up? And your running like, back better catch out of the backfield. Yeah, and in a few years, I expect us to go back to a situation where, like, I in a few years, I expect a team that basically just does eye formation to win a Super Bowl simply mm-hmm. because we are trending, and I think this is the way the sport is being taught, but, like, we're trending more and more towards spread, towards lighter build, and eventually we'll get back to power, and then that'll be the rage, and then we'll go back to, like, this is what happens, mm-hmm. but... I think that would I think that would fundamentally change the the way the game is played. Yeah, you know, I in a direction I don't think anybody really wants to see. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm 100 percent with you. I think it would it would also take an element of skill. Uh, it does. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you, my man. Um, all right, let's. Yeah, let's let's move forward on a couple of positive things. Former University of Florida quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson, he was promoted to offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was on Dan Mullen's staff, uh, was the quarterback's coach and co-offensive coordinator um, when he was here in Gainesville. I know, right? He's so good. And, you know, he, fun story, 
he was coached by Jalen Hurts' dad in high school. And really? now he is, I did not know yeah, this. And he was Jalen Hurts' quarterback's coach this year, and now he's his offensive coordinator. That's kind of like a huh. you know, cool full circle moment. So good for him, happy for him. Um, you know, maybe maybe one day, one day, maybe mm-hmm. he could be the first ever um, African-American head football coach in Florida history. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not saying, listen, that that would that would require him doing really well in Philly, which is perfect. I want to see that happen. But that would probably also require Billy Napier not doing so well. And I don't know if I want to see that. Much, Look, you know what I mean? The reality is, is that he's going to have a great year in Philly and then he's going to go coach the Bucks. Not mad about it. I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea. I just, I'm just saying. Listen, you, know. you, you and I, as fans of the other two Florida NFL teams, we don't have any ill will towards the Bucks. You know, like it's, it's not like there's a rivalry there between the Florida NFL teams. I mean, you My, specifically have ill will against Tom Brady, but that's out the way. That's you know, that's no, old. Tyler, that's old hat. The sun, the sun has risen on that horrific nightmare. Okay, it's, we're 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 in the clear, my friend. Did you, you know? hear the report? Did you hear the report that he's delaying his? Uh, I don't know if this is true. I think it might have been a joke, but like mm-hmm. he's delaying his uh, fo- his arrival at Fox for his broadcasting job because he wants to pursue stand-up comedy. Well, in in related news, I am also right? in related news. I am also going to quit my job at True Media, and I'm just going to follow Tom Brady's stand-up career around with a box of Rotten Tomatoes and just throw them at him. Every show. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how those things are released at the same time. I don't. know. It's kind of wild, Tyler. You know, I would, I would actually, to be honest, I would, I would like to take a look at like the betting odds on what, like when Tom Brady is going to show up in the Fox booth. And one place I can do that, Tyler, is at DraftKings Sportsbook. Did you know that they, they're a location that allows you to, to play sports bets on, on things that are sports related? Uh, I don't know if they have that up yet, uh, but I do know that the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook and especially this summer, Tyler. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, they are giving away new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, Tyler. Four digits and a comma. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it does not win, you will get a shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for all your summer sports like MLS, baseball, golf, MMA, Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You can use code TPPN to make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That is promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You can see the show notes for details. Now, Tyler, if I was to use this bet, and I won't in the state of Florida because it is not legal, then I would be looking at mm-hmm, I would be looking at um, this Saturday's UFC 285, the return of John Bones Jones, the universally how do I put this the um, widely known, widely referred to as the goat of MMA in the UFC. He's making his return, fighting Surreal Gone this Saturday. Um, you can bet on that, just like I allegedly, maybe. Um, Valentina Shevchenko also defending her flyweight title against Alexa Grasso. Two big title fights, especially headlined by the return of the GOAT, John Bones Jones. Uh, that is one event that you can bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't forget that you can use code TPPN. Um, 
make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. See the show notes for details. Um, did you like that one this week, Tyler? Was that a good one? That was a good one. I, was, I, was really, good one. I really like that so one. So I like looking at the rundown. I had it planned for later in the show. But when when I made the joke about Brady and like what are the odds on that, I went, oh no, no I got I got to jump no, in right now. So, natural segue. So so um, glad. And and you know what? That you're natural great. at this. <sighs> you know, I I try my best, Tyler. I try my. It helps when I have a great partner for six years. It helps tremendously, my friend. Um, last little piece of quick hits. The UF spring game is officially on Thursday, April thirteenth at seven thirty p.m. Eastern. Admission is free for those in the Gainesville area. And an ESPN streaming details will be announced closer to the day of the game. So just wanted to point that out there. Spring game coming up. Something in regards to spring game, Tyler, um, those who will be attending are the University of Florida coaching staff, which as of right now. I would certainly is, hope so. I would certainly <laughs> hope so as well. <laughs> which as of right now are short two coaches um, compared to the last year. Let me give you the movement that has happened in the past couple of weeks, and then we'll have an overarching conversation. So most notably, co-defensive coordinator Patrick Tony is no longer with the University of Florida. He leaves to go work for the Arizona Cardinals. He will assist new Cardinals defensive coordinator Nick Rallis as an assistant. And he has been replaced by Alabama linebackers coach or former Alabama linebackers coach, I should say, and former Southern Miss defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong. This man is 29 years old. And when he was hired by Southern Miss as their defensive coordinator in 2021, he was the youngest defensive coordinator in the FBS at 27 years old. Sergio says Jeez. about about seven weeks away from his 21st, 27th birthday. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Uh, um. That is, yep, life comes at you fast. That is the biggest, I think I should say, change up, right? Um, so there 100%. is a new defensive coordinator in, in place. The other two, Tyler, tight ends coach William Piegler is also leaving for the Cardinals also going to be an assistant on defensive coordinator Nick Rallis's staff. He is best known for being Michigan State's running backs coach um, and developing Kenneth Walker III over the past couple of years before he joined Florida. A replacement tight ends coach is TBD at the moment. And also wide receivers coach Kiri Colbert is leaving to join the Denver Broncos on Sean Payton's brand new uh, staff over there. His replacement is also TBD. All three of these departures happened within a 36-hour stretch. And that is very interesting considering that spring camp begins on March 4th, this coming Saturday. Um, Tyler, what are your thoughts? What do you think it means? Let's have the conversation. Let's start with Patrick Tony, and let's start with the hire of Austin Armstrong. What, what are your thoughts? What are your opinions? Um, so first things first, all three of these people left within a 36-hour span um, to take NFL jobs. I don't think that's a bad thing in regards to, to, to like leaving the program or the program, like, cause the program doesn't get poached for coaches by the NFL if it's terrible or if they're a bad yeah. coaching staff. I mean, it's obviously not a good thing cause you don't want to be replacing all your coaches this close to spring ball. This is something that's supposed to happen in the winter. Um, right. If this would have happened but, in December, not as big of a deal, but because it's the NFL it's and because it's the NFL, they had to wait until after their seasons were over. So I think I think it says a couple of things, right? I think first and foremost, Billy Napier is good at evaluating talent, whether that be football players or coaches. It's very clear that he's good at evaluating and making a decision as to who he wants to work with. So that I think is a positive that NFL coaches 
that are building out their staffs from scratch, like the Cardinals and the Broncos, both brand new coaching staffs, said, you know who would be really good? These guys over there with with, uh, Billy Napier in Gainesville. I think that's a very positive thing. But secondary, I too have a lot of concerns about how close it is to spring camp and about recruiting. Now, granted, it's early enough in the cycle that it's not going to be crazy. But I know for a fact there are a lo- there are a few recruits that were working and communicating with Peagle specifically that were working and communicating with Tony. So that is a little bit of a concern um, in terms of recruiting. So those are kind of my my question marks. But I think overall it's not a bad sign, right? Like you want your coaches. I don't, yeah, it's, your, it's not like people. they're not lateral moves. It's I mean Correct. it is lower level jobs, but it is in the NFL. So you could at worst say lateral move. I don't think it's a step down. Um, the, the 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 sign of a program that's falling apart is when coaches leave for not as great jobs because they because they just want to get out. Doesn't seem to be what's happening here. I mean, I can't blame anyone for going from college and wanting to jump to the NFL. I am interested in the Tony. The Tony thing, I don't feel bad about necessarily because, like, we we won't believe in Patrick Tony, or as or as more accurately. We're very willing to give him another year because we need to see, mm-hmm. see some improvement. There was some improvement in the. In that. I, don't, I don't look to clarify. I don't think, and if you'll allow me to speak on your behalf, Tyler. If not, please don't. It's not like you don't have a platform. Um, but I think we both realized that last year's mistakes weren't on Tony. It was more personnel driven rather than system driven, and yeah. that's why we were so open to give him a you know be open minded with him coming into the second season with better players and all that stuff. But uh, we don't. Now it's going to be different, regardless. Um, personnel and uh, system. I don't. I don't have. Don't know what to think about our defense coordinator. I like that he's young. That's cool. Uh, but that doesn't mean that he's good. Um, it certainly could mean that he's good. We could, we could be striking hot on a very young prospect at twenty nine mm-hmm. years old. Uh, I can't act and sit here like I have watched. Southern Miss's defense. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, But I'm excited for, for this new injection of energy. Maybe, maybe, maybe sometimes the new stuff works anyway. We know that this team will have a higher talent profile than they had last year. The one thing that I feel very confident about, I'm actually feeling pretty good about this upcoming year with the Gators is that I think the overall talent on the team is improving. The quarterback talent is taking a a very massive decline, um, regardless of how good Graham Mertz may be. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be worse. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the rest of the team is getting better. So I think the defense would have been better regardless. And now we'll just see. Now I'm kind of, uh, I'm more interested, I guess, because yeah. I don't have a bad any anything that happened last year. You could just say that was Patrick Tony's defense, and maybe it wasn't all his fault. But that's not even he's not even here anymore. So right. Um, the other two, the thing that worries me only really about the other two leaving um, is that we don't have replacements for them yet. And uh, Gators don't have replacements for them yet, and spring practice starts in three days. And it's and it's been about a week since they left the program. It's not like this happened yesterday on the end of the month. This happened, you know, this happened last yeah. week. I mean, it feels like to me that Billy Napier was prepared for Patrick Tony to leave because maybe Patrick Tony was telling him, "Hey, Jonathan Gannon is courting me, and mm-hmm. if he gets a job when they're in the Super Bowl, I'll probably go take it." Right. And he's like, cool, great. And may, and so he probably had was talking to people as well. Maybe he wasn't that wasn't the case for uh 
uh, wide receivers coach Kerry Colbert and tight ends coach William Fiegler. Maybe not. Uh, I don't know. It's a side of the ball that Billy Napier is better at, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I Obviously, you're going to need coaches at that position. Again, Melanie really concerned because the wide receivers and tight ends didn't really stick out last year. Um, right. Not that they were bad. There's, just, there's nothing that'd be like, oh, man, losing that person. Um, mm-hmm. But they didn't really stick out, so time will tell if it was worth It's just interesting is all. Yeah. It's one of those yeah. situations where maybe maybe Patrick Joni wasn't a good defensive coordinator. This is like – I'm not saying he is, but this is a conjecture. Right. Maybe Patrick Joni will turn out to not be the best defensive coordinator and Billy Napier lucked into uh, the right move because – Billy Napier is very patient, very analytical, so he doesn't make things rashly based off the fan base, which is a good thing about him, in my opinion. But you are also dealing with a fan base that is that is fans is short for fanatic, so fans will. It doesn't matter how patient you are if your fan base makes that decision for you. Mm-hmm. But regardless, um, I don't think this is a bad sign for the program. My only concern is really that. We don't have replacements for two of the coaches yet, and it's 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 happened. It's been a week. Somebody's got to want to take this job now. It's it's hitting at a very awkward time. Mm-hmm. This is a very awkward time for this to happen. Um, some programs are in spring practice. Others others are about to start it, and you're having people leave. And there were, either you promote somebody on staff, or which may, I I don't think would be the way you want to go, or you have to poach somebody, and that's that's hard at this point of the year as opposed to December. But right. that's why Billy Napier gets paid the big, big bucks. So I yeah. don't think it's necessarily a bad sign, but it's certainly a point of interest. Um, I agree. Watching I agree. this team going forward. And I think, I think that also it's, it's important to note here that this, and this is a more overarching conversation, but because of the coaching carousel, I don't want to say extending this far out, but definitely because of early signing day and, the more heightened emphasis on recruiting and the fact that in terms of systems and schemes, colleges or the NFL is really trying to adapt to what college has done for a long time. At least like, you know, they're really trying to take offenses that originated in the late two thousands, late aughts, early 2010s, big 12 that then permeated around college football that is now making its way to the NFL and has for the past four or five years. Um, we see the the offenses that are playing. I mean, I'm a Dolphins fan. You look at that, you look at that Mike McDaniel offense. I mean, come on, that that could be that could be TCU in 2012. Like, come on, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. style and tempo and and speed. And there's elements of those of those offenses in there. And because of that, the NFL is going to want to get in on coaches from the college game. And as a consequence of that, they have to take those players at the end of their season, which is an extra two months. After the after college football season, regular season, it got, ends. It like, got extended. Think about an additional, it. Going an going into yeah, and going into December, the NFL is kind of ramping up into the playoff race. There's still like seven or eight games left, whereas college ball's done in terms of regular season. You know, there's roster moves that are made at the beginning of December or coaching moves. I'm sorry, that are made at the beginning of December in college football. So because of that extension, we're going to be seeing this a lot more often. This may be coming as a shock right now because we're not used to it, um, especially as Florida fans. If, if there's coaching changes, it all really happens in December. Um, you, you know, we've never really gotten a lot of guys or guys as notable as our defensive coordinator pulled to the NFL this late in the game. Yeah. But that's that's just a reality of the sport now. 
Everything's kind of becoming a bit more intertwined. And so I think it's important to note that Florida's not going to be the only, very much like the Jaden Rashada situation, Florida's not maybe one of the first, but it's not going to be the last this is going to happen to. Um, And I think it's important, too, that, guys, this isn't really that bad compared to what's going on at other programs around the country. I don't want to be that guy, but the University of Miami is in a pickle right now with both of their coordinators gone. They didn't think they replaced their offensive coordinator, and I, I think they replaced their defensive coordinator as well. But that all happened in February. Like, Things things have been extending further and further out. Nick Saban was having trouble finding his coordinators. I don't, I don't even know if they've hired a defensive coordinator yet. To be honest, like I, I'm not sure. I, I if if it happened, it, it happened, and I kind of missed it. But there's a yeah, lot of things remember. happening. Like Tommy Reese getting pulled down to to Alabama. Notre Dame promoted within. There's a lot of things that are happening right oh, now. That's that, hilarious. Alabama hired Kevin Steele. Oh, they hired Kevin Steele. All right, so Nick, Sa- Nick Saban, you got two years. Yeah, before before not, the coup. Not because you're going to be bad, but he's going to coup you. <laughs> but I just I just think that it's important to know that this is this is going to be a theme now going forward. This is a new a part of the new college football landscape that I think everyone kind of needs to accept, um, and you know just roll with it in that sense. So uh, I just hope that the players and everything are you know are going to be used to it and, and okay with the changes and stuff like that. And it doesn't have. I hope it doesn't have as much of an effect on our recruiting because a lot of high school recruiting is connections with coaching coaches on the staff, not necessarily the head coach, the head coach oversees things, of course, but you know, a lot of that, those connections are made from assistance on your staff. That's, that's why Billy Napier famously had his first year team photo with more blue polos than with coaches, (laughs) than with players. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's, Um, that's the nature of the game. But That's, that's the nature of the game. I mean, like that's not an, unfortunately that's not an excuse. Good teams get their, you, you want to be in this position is the uh, reality. Like it exactly. sucks, but you want to be in this position. You want your you want the NFL to push your coaches. Mm-hmm. Maybe Absolutely. and it's interesting. It's interesting because we're sitting here being like mm, these coaches weren't even that much crazy to be thought about at right. least from a fan's perspective. But you want to be in this. Alabama has to deal with this every year. Mm-hmm. Um, Ohio State deals with this constantly. Yeah. This Georgia deals with this. Georgia just lost their offensive coordinator. Yeah, Todd Munkin is now the coach at for the Ravens. The offensive coordinator awesome. for the Ravens. Um, if, I, if Lamar I, stays, I, I would love that. I mean, it's awesome regardless. But I think if Lamar stays, <laughs> that's Super Bowl right there. Um, oh, yeah, definitely, talent wise and potential wise, absolutely. But anyway, like this is this is the reality. This happens. Mm-hmm. You have to accept it. You like go play some go play some college football revamp dynasty, and you'll you'll see. Like yeah, you yeah, year. you know. Your your coordinator's gone. You can't do anything about it. Um, yeah. And 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 that is honestly, that's I, I didn't expect it to happen this quickly, like after the first season. But I do think that it's hopefully a good sign. Uh, and I also think that I think I saw someone break it. I forgot who it was, but some Gators reporter on Twitter when it when this happened last week tweeted out and forgive me, I forget it, but forget the name and the exact tweet. But the gist of the tweet was like. Is it good that Florida lost its defensive coordinator and two assistants like in February? No. But is it also good that you made absolutely zero changes to a coaching staff after a six and six season and, you know, pretty, a a pretty rough up and down season in your first year in terms of on field? No, that's also not good as well. So maybe, like you said, blessing in disguise, maybe. Patrick Tony isn't the defensive coordinator that you and I um, were at least hoping he could be, or at least giving him the chance to be 
in this coming season, but um, uh, I guess we'll never know. And honestly, who knows? We'll see what Austin Austin Armstrong. I would I want to get his name. Austin right. Armstrong. Austin Armstrong. A. Double Double A over there. Double A. Double A. Like what I'm saying. Hopefully, we Double A batteries because he's got the juice. Woo! <laughs> Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was that was so corny. I love you, but that was so corny. <laughs> I, I I all right. We're, we're oh. doing a football podcast. Exactly. We're doing a football oh. podcast. Tyler, listen, that's that's all we had on the rundown today. We we kind of got through that in like 40 minutes or so. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk, uh, mention before we, we sign off on this, uh, what else? On this what shorter else? episode? Uh, combine's happening. Uh, combine's big, happening. Big time. Draft's coming up. Very exciting. Um, have you seen those reports that have Anthony Richardson um, – kind of creeping up and t- okay like i made I the joke about the draft that had him going number one overall which i made the joke about for me like that's what, um, I, that's what i'm saying i made the joke about DraftKings, but like the line movement on like anthony richardson to be the first player to take that's it's a pretty look whew. it's not i am torn on this because i want him to go around nine or ten because i want him to go to a team that actually might be good and also not mm-hmm. and also is not the cults of the texans um right I want one of the Colts in Texas to draft Will Levis. Look, mm-hmm. one of them is there. One of them is going to get CJ Stroud. I just have to be okay with that. No, sorry, uh, Bryce Young. I just have to be okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. Also, LOL for the years that Alabama listed Bryce Young as six foot. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I think he's looking more like my height. I'm I'm five ten. Well, I'm actually five nine and three quarters, but I say five ten because you know I got to give myself that quarter inch. But, um. Yeah, man, he's looking to be to be my height. Let yeah. me let me give you these uh, Anthony Richardson odds that have shifted according to our wonderful sponsors over please at Captain Sportsbook. Please do. Odds to be the number one pick opened at plus ten thousand, meaning if you put down a hundred dollar bet, you would win ten thousand dollars. Um, the week of Valentine's Day, plus five thousand. February twenty third, plus fifteen hundred. February 24th plus 750 damn and yeah man it's it's moving it is moving and I will um so let me this is a great podcast I definitely think uh, that he's better than Will Levis but this is a, that I mean hey number I one hope, I'm hoping uh, for him yeah man number number one I don't I don't know about that and as it stands Tyler as it currently stands DraftKings Sportsbook odds for Anthony Richardson to be the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft plus 550. He has the third best odds tied with Will Levis. It's Bryce Young at minus 160, CJ Stroud, um, CJ Stroud at plus 380, and Will Levis and Richardson at plus 550. Will Anderson at 650. And Jalen Carter. That's a better bet than Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, because like we hundred percent only because the Bears haven't traded the pick yet. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's probably that's probably coming after this week after the combine. Yeah. This is where the last. Listen, of I love happens. AR. I I love AR. I, I really do. I hope, I, I'm really hoping for the best for him. But me too. But I don't, I don't know it. if. Yeah, I don't see the number one pick. Not because I, I don't believe in him. Not because I don't see the traits. Not because I don't see the potential. But because I think it's a pretty big gamble on someone that has shown you the highest of highs, but has shown you the lowest of lows as well. Like there is big time bust potential. I don't think it'll happen. I have faith in him, 
but there is bust potential enough yeah. to not take him one overall or be the first quarterback off the board. The absolute, I think it's the uh, the wall the I think it's Bill Walsh thing. It's it's the thirty it's the minimum twenty five starts thing. He's got thirteen college mm-hmm. starts. That's not yeah. a lot. That's yeah. playing Gabbard territory. The I'm saying that. big yikes. Look, Big yikes. I, I think he'll be better because I love the way that he sees the field. He's got the best pocket movement in the class. But yep. you got I just I'm, I would not take him above CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Like where I, I will put my foot down. Exactly. That's where I'll put you my foot down. If you for me, it's a very clear one, two, three, four in this class. And to me, it is Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. Will Levis. That is the top four, in my opinion. Yeah. I think when you okay. look all of the like traits that they talk about Will Levis, they kind of talk about them, but I haven't been able to see them as much when he was at Kentucky. I've seen the positive traits from Anthony Richardson, not just because I watch every Florida game, but because like he was good for one or two plays a game where I went, oh my God, how did he do that? Because he's just that talented of a football player. Um, I, I'm i with you, man. I, I hope for the best. I'm, I'm kind of liking... I'm kind of liking the projections of him going ninth overall to the Panthers because the Panthers. I really think he'd do well at the Panthers. Panthers have well, Frank Reich is now the coach. I think he'd be really good. It seems I like that care. team. That team has a really good young good. defense. Yeah, they have a really good young it, defense. They have some weapons. I think it's a good environment for a, a a guy like Richardson to really develop, and especially Frank Reich has been known for being really good in terms of teaching offense and teaching the coordinator, uh, the quarterbacks that he has, and. I think it would be a really good fit. I'm hoping for that where um, let me ask you as a Jags fan. I'm sorry. Let me say that one more time. Let me ask you defending AFC South champion. Yeah. Um, put some respect. You're, on wel- it. you're welcome. What given that there's rumors that the Colts want to trade up, given that Houston holds the second pick, what is the, as a Jags fan, what is your ideal scenario of what happens with, Houston at two and Indianapolis at four. Cause the rumors are that Indy wants to trade to the number one pick to go ahead and grab a quarterback, or they want to trade into the number three pick to get whoever Houston doesn't get. Those are kind of like the two. Um, or maybe they stay put and take Richardson four, depending on what happens at the top. You never know, but what do you want the Colts and the Texans to do with their, those top picks okay. as a Jags fan? Uh, Texans are at two, Colts are at four. Um, I one of those two teams is going to move up. Um, the funniest, the absolute funniest thing in the world to me would be the Colts to trade up to number one and draft Will Levis. To me, to me, that's comedy. Um, that won't happen. Coach right? by Jeff Saturday, right? Like <laughs> we were so close. We were so close I know, to greatness. Right? I know. Yeah, I know. He's not the coach, guys. <laughs> anymore. We don't keep up with the NFL. Frank, uh, Jeff Saturday is no longer the coach. Of the no, it's Shane Steichen. They hired um, the uh, Eagles offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. The better of the two Eagles coordinators. The better of the two coordinators, yeah. Um, as CJ as, as, also pissed me off. Um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson reminded us on Twitter yesterday that the defensive coordinator did not put them in a position to succeed in the Super Bowl. So. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I think that would be the funniest thing that happened. In honesty... I think I would rather the Texans trade up to get Bryce Young because the Texans, I think, are in a worse situation, which means... So I, you want the... In this situation, because I think both teams are bad, I want... The Colts have pieces. Like, they've got pieces. And, yeah. and like they could be quick. With a good coach, they could be good again very quickly. So I'd, I'd rather them bust on the quarterback because even, okay. if the, even if the Texans hit, they won't be good 
they, they won't be that good very quickly. You know? Okay. This is a so, crucial time for the Jacksonville Jaguars these next couple of years. Because Trevor's still on his rookie deal. He just had a lunch recently with a bunch of players asking them to restructure, like talking about restructuring their contracts to get the money sooner so we could have a lower cap. Um, Cause that's, okay. that's a franchise player right there. He's, th- he's um, thinking, he's thinking. thinking, he wants to win. And I think like the Titans are rebuilding, but everyone, but the Jaguars are rebuilding in the AFC South. The Titans will never be that bad in my opinion, because Mike mm-hmm. Rabel's a really good coach. Yeah. Um, the absolute number one thing I don't want to happen is the, is the Titans trade up to get a quarterback. Nope, absolutely not. Thank, yeah, no, thank you. That's the, that's the team in the AFC South that if they get a quarterback, because I mean they were they were as as someone who had Ryan Tannehill for quite a long time in his organization as his quarterback, they were able to do a lot of good with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, and he is the definition of mid, like not yeah. bad, not great, mid. If they can get someone that is that can become good. an above average, yeah, good, right, and above even if they land like Derek Carr, like. Seriously, yeah. like they would elevate, in my opinion, they would be elevated. And to your point of the Jags aren't the only ones rebuilding, I disagree in that. Not so much that you're rebuilding because obviously you won the division. Well, you may, you I don't think the Jags game. are rebuilding. I'm saying the Jags are the only team in the AFC South that isn't rebuilding. Well, here's the thing. I think they're rebuilding in their own way. I yeah. think that they they can see, okay, we have we have legit standard like franchise pieces here. Let's go out and let's improve on the fringes so we can be better as a whole and elevate and come up and actually, you know, compete for um, a conference title, not just a division title. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's that's what, what I mean by that, because uh, because that team is really young. The the Jags resurgence was literally from one year to another. So I really think that there's going to be this um, yeah. growing growth that has to go through. You know? Yeah, I think so. I think what I would want. Again, to restrict. So at least I don't want the Titans to get because the Titans are in a good position to not get a quarterback really, unless mm-hmm. they want to like take Hendon Hooker in the second or something. Um, yeah. uh, which is a risk because he's twenty five, coming off an ACL injury, and one yeah. good uh, one good year in the most gimmicky offense in college football. That was mm-hmm. awesome. I want to give Tennessee their credit. He was absolutely great. not what I'm looking for in an NFL prospect necessarily. Correct. Um, Correct. Anyway, I think I'd want the Texans to trade up because trading from like to give up all the assets that they have to get the number one. Again, they're a worse team. I do really love D'Amico Ryans as the head coach, but I have no faith in the Texans organization. So I would like, um, I'd like them to trade up Colts. Colts want, will want a traitsy quarterback and the most traitsy quarterback is either Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. And I, I get the feeling that they're going to go with Will Levis. If that comes to it, he already wears blue and white. Um, <laughs> So, the reality is one of these teams is walking away with C.J. Stratton. I'm not going to uh, – sorry, uh, Bryce Young. I'm not going to act like that's not going to happen. That's okay. going to happen. I would rather it be the Texans because the Texans have a, lar- a further road to go. Um, can I ask a question? Can yes. I ask a question? What is the official sideline judgment position on Bryce Young in terms of are people overblowing this? He's not as tall as people thought he was. or And, like – you know what Person, I mean? Yeah. You and I, you and I are really good at taking a take of a pro- projecting of a player and saying, actually, you know what? That actually matters. He's not going to be as good. Or you know what? That's kind of a bunch of BS. It's not going to happen. What? It, what are? What are? What are we going to be pushing? What? What is our okay. lying season? What are we? What are we pushing, Tyler? We got to decide. I don't think. I don't think height is a reason to not draft Bryce Young. I don't. Okay. I personally don't think it is because he is okay. far and away the best quarterback in this class. 
He's the way college football for two. Completely two agree. I'm so glad we're on the same page. Uh, I don't think that's the reason not to do it. Um, it's not the height, but it, it's the build. I do. I would. I would understand people getting because he's a small build. Like it's. It's not. He's like he's Russell. Kinda, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees were short, but they're like they're thick. Like he's kind of. Um, he's kind of two He's, he's kind of two a e in that sense. Yeah, and. Um, and y'all, y'all know I love Tua, but it's hey, Tua's injury prone, and, and there's not, it's, it's not true. a statement Nothing of how good him. of football he is, but he is injury prone. It's about the my, way he takes hits. Is about his my guy, my guy's uh, my guy's doing jujitsu in the offseason. So as a Dolphins fan, I don't have a first round pick because um, um, um no, <laughs> Stephen Ross sell the team. Um, <laughs> that's why I don't have a first round pick. So my. <laughs> Um, entertainment in the draft season outside of the stuff we'll be doing here on sideline judgment over the coming six weeks or so. Um, my <laughs> entertainment is wow, take a look. Wow, Tua is doing judo and jujitsu, so so good. Trying to not, they're, they're teaching him what they're calling falling mechanics where he can fall. He does not better. fall well, like, no, no, when you fall head first, it's not a good thing, Tyler, especially playing um, football. And but yeah, so Bryce, I think is better at taking those, but you're also going up a level in competition. So like the build, I think will matter how thick he is. I don't think height's a reason it, because the reality is, is that you can't just, you have to accept if you're going to draft Bryce Young, that you yeah. are going to have to build an offense around his height. Both Drew Brees and Russell Wilson have won Super Bowls at that height um, mm-hmm. because they are in offenses with coaches that can build around that. You got to say yes to that. The re- and the unfortunate part is that a lot of, I know a lot of GMs things like they are so focused on traits and there's a reason we're focused on traits. There's nothing wrong with being focused on traits, but it's tough because Bryce Young is so clear and better, the best player of those four in just a mm-hmm. football sense. Um, I don't know. I think, I think if you're not trying to compete right away, he's the, be- I think he's the best. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he's the right choice to kind of build. Offense around him, I think he's the right one. I think he's. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, if you if you're trying to win right now, I honestly kind of think CJ Stroud's the best guy for you. Um, See, um, I I like CJ Stroud, but I'm not entirely sold. I think his pocket movement is really subpar. When you watch him, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, that was a good game, but that was one. No, I don't think he's a bad quarterback, and yeah. I'm not saying he can't learn those from, things. From but pocket, I look at from a pocket movement perspective, he had one good game. It was his last one. Yeah, and the rest of the yeah. time, he's pretty bad in regards to pocket movement. And, um, and here's the thing: like I look at that one touchdown pass from Anthony Richardson in the Tennessee game in like the second quarter, where he takes like three steps to the side, knows when to step up, find the space. Like I see Richardson do that in the pocket, and then I watch C.J. Stroud. For as good of an arm as he has, as accurate as he is, as great as his ball placement is, the pocket really bothers me in that sense. So I don't know if C.J. Stroud's your best option to win right now. I think C.J. Stroud is in that, um, you know, he can you can build and grow with it. But I think we do this all the time. And by we, I just mean the football community, both NFL and college. We watch him play. We watch Bryce Young play on Saturdays, or in this case, whatever quarterback prospect. We watch them play on Saturdays in the fall. And we go, wow, look at how good X, Y, and Z is. Wow, look at all of this that he can do. And then we get to January and February, people pull out a tape measure and are like, yeah, but, you know, I know that, like, when we watched him play football, we were all collectively like, oh, my gosh, undisputed number one pick, the best prospect in in this year's draft. But now that we've looked at his tape measure and instead of six foot, it's 5'11", I don't know, like – 
his hand size isn't the right. I feel like while those things matter, like when you when you got the tape on the guy, like you do with Bryce Young, you just he's to to me he's the clear QB one, right? It's so tough with quarterbacks compared to other positions because I mean, like it's a game, it's a sports game, it's athleticism mm-hmm. is a huge part of it. But for a lot of positions, I always, even though sometimes I'm like, take the better football player. I get when people take the better traits because like you're not based, I get it. Yeah, not, I get it. You're not drafting them based off what they did. You're you're drafting them based off what they can do for you. And a lot mm-hmm. of times like with wide receivers and things like that, I get sometimes why the more productive like better quote college guys don't get taken as high as the real is the big like um freaks. Flashy. Oh, I don't want to say flashy because, because flashy means yeah. it's like no substance. Those guys have substance yeah. to them. It's just a those just those like, traits that stand out more, right? I, well, I know a large part of it is that in college, you're not running an NFL route tree in most offenses. So, like, yeah, you, you, exactly. have to, you have to teach them that anyway. So, you might as well take the guy mm-hmm. who is more of a freak than the other guy. Right. But with quarterbacks, it's tough because a lot of it is a mental aspect. It's how do you see the field? How do you process? A lot. Reps. So much of it has to be done before you even get to that point. And mm-hmm. that's the tough part where. I mean, Josh Allen is a case where it worked out well, in my opinion. Right. Like, I know that yeah. we, we kind of harp on how he's he's not as good as he was under Brian Dayball, which is just a fact. But, like, he it worked out well. He did not bust. Like, right. they, the Correct. Bills have been good. They have they have been yes. very good. That's pretty much almost anything you'd want out of drafting a quarterback at that position Josh Allen has given you. And he was a case yeah. where he wasn't very good in college, but he was traitsy as all get out. And it worked out because of good coaches and things like that. The problem mm-hmm. But, I mean, but then on the flip side, you know, you have guys like, uh, like you have guys like Joe Burrow, who like is not in the situation where Bryce Young is in with regards to measurables. Joe Burrow is nothing to stand out about. Like, he, but he just is good at playing football. Like, you watch him play, and you go, "Yep, he's got it. Whatever it is, and, uh, he's got that." And yeah, and, and I think to Bryce, put to bring Bryce Young it, has enough of that, in my opinion, that I think you take yeah. a swing on it. But I agree. Just, this is not a good college football quarterback class, to be honest. This is—it's mm-hmm. really not in regards to years prior. Um, and I, I hate the whole look ahead to next year because you never know how that's going to go. Um, but I, I mean, I—I I, I probably would take Caleb Williams and Drake May over all of these guys. Well, Caleb Williams for I sure. Agree. But I don't know. Maybe I Drake May. You—you you know exactly my. Feelings I know on you. Drake May, <laughs> Drake May and Bryson, I'd be like, I don't know, but. Uh, well, well, listen. Yeah, to I, bring it to bring things full circle. Um, and we hope to put the gator spin on it right we hope that anthony richardson ends up like a josh allen especially yeah. because those the traits that are people are comparing them they are they have the comp right you have josh allen yeah. there like to me if if patrick mahomes didn't exist and that's a big if because he's on track to be the greatest player of all time and i think that i will do my part over the next 15 years to make sure that the patrick mahomes is the greatest player of all time discussion is that'll be my you're, last you're legacy. Gonna be pushing like, that. You're gonna be pushing I, that. In my eyes, he's already number two, but that's just because I have to do I that now. Agree. That in a decade so, so I can projection. push that narrative. Yeah. Right, right. So because you of gotta, that, if, you be like, if I've, I've been saying it all along. <laughs> it's definitely Brady hate. It's not so much Mahomes. I mean, I do love Mahomes, but it's it's fueled it's by Brady. Right, but but anyway. Hate. Exactly. Um, no, but if, if not for Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen has a case to be the most talented quarterback in the league right now. For sure. I don't want to say the best, but definitely has a case for that. And 
So being one of those talents will get you up there in those conversations. Exactly. And if and if Richardson can go to a place, and I believe that Carolina at nine is the place. He may not be happy because he's, you know, oh, I wanted to be the first quarterback drafted because athletes are wired differently and all that kind of stuff. But good, fine. Take that chip on your shoulder that you are manufacturing and put it on you. <laughs> Take it to Carolina. where you want to go, though. And grow underneath a – I mean, th- this is literally the Buffalo br- blueprint from, like, 2017, right? Yeah. Young defense, tools around you. They have enough assets to make another move. A good coach and a young quarterback that's really traitsy that can build and grow within a controlled um, environment. And hopefully in a couple years, if that happens, we're, we're talking about AR as we're, we're, we're buying Panthers jerseys because that's our guy. And they're an NFC yeah. team, so we don't care. You know what I mean? Unless yeah. we see him in the Super Bowl. I want him to win every game but the Super Bowl if it's against the Dolphins or, or Jags. Like, literally, that's how yeah. I, what I want. So well, hopefully I mean, that's, that's kind of where it goes there. Yeah, I mean – and look at that division, too. I mean, of the divisions you could go to. That's NFC true. South what is the more wide open? Sucks. Like what's, it's, it, mm-hmm. As of right now, it's really wide open. Now, Lamar Jackson could go to Atlanta, and i change my opinion. But like, um, That's very true. That's very Saints, true. Who do the Saints have? They have Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. I'm not afraid. Uh, maybe Derek Carr. Maybe. <laughs> maybe Derek Carr. With the Derek Carr can land any of these places. Atlanta has Desmond Ritter. They just released Marcus Mariota the other day. Desmond Ritter looked fine, but I'm not afraid of that. Um, Correct. And, you know, uh, I would love to see Kyle Trask and Anthony Richardson face off against each other. But, <laughs> and, I, and I am both, you know, I'm number one believer in Kyle Trask, but I'm not, but it's not so much as Kyle Trask good enough is, are the Bucks going to even give him that shot? Um, well, so they've been saying that they want to give him the shot, but again, that's, it's, but that's it's, what they it's, say. Like, well, it's, it's March and we'll see what they say in October. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think that was I think some uh, the best the best division yeah. you can want to go to. I think so too, man. I think so too. That was some good like preview of draft talk because we didn't really go into draft yeah. talk as much, but that is something that will be coming in the future, Tyler. The draft is in sixty something days. I think that uh, we have Whoa. enough content where we can we can go in and we'll we'll begin our draft coverage soon. I should say yeah. is is the best way to put it. Um, that's going to be it for this week's episode. Uh, we will be back hopefully next week. If not the week after Tyler and I will be doing an appropriately early top 25 for 2023. We're going to take a look at, um, all of the teams that are coming back for next year and we will see where they fall, what we, what we think of them. Um, I'll give a little spoiler, but, uh, the SEC quarterback situation is not looking as good as it has in the past. Um, and I think that that's going to kind of inf- um, influence my very early. I'm sorry. We called it. What is it? Appropriately early. Top 25 or 2023. Well, that will be coming next week or the week after at uh, worst. And uh, my stepdad, Raul, his multiverse of college football episode that is coming in May. I am going up to visit my mom, my stepdad, my brother in May. We will be recording it when I am up there with them. Yeah, um, so nice. that is coming down. We also have to schedule an episode with friend of the pod, Ryan Urquhart, who won this year's bowl mania. And I'm going to talk to Alexa to see if she still wants to do her episode. Um, maybe I just kind of do it. Me and her, we, we you know, we're taking a, a few fine. trips this coming. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe we do something just me and her, but we'll see. I'll have to gauge her interest. Arslan, to see what she I, wants. I, if you want to let me get out of being shamed for not being as ecstatic about UCF, then yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'll bite that bullet for you. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, that and our draft coverage ahead of the NFL draft. That is yeah. all that is coming up in the next couple of months. We're so happy to have you guys along for the journey with us. Tyler, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, Tyler, but go Gators. Go Gators.